editing this one. Oh, well, maybe because it's one. Okay, anyways. <clears throat> Welcome back to the Lavender Menace. Woo! I am your co-host, Renaissance Marie. I use they, she pronouns. I am currently in travel mode. Mm-hmm. I am in... New and why is that? Because I'm in St. Louis with you. Yes! <laughs> exactly. I am newly tattooed, as so are you. <gasps> yes, our tatted sleighs. Yes. If you're watching, because we... Patreon. We... Upload video recordings to our oh Patreon. <laughs> I know that you are not completely sober right now, but I need this to, to die down a little bit. Okay. The videos are always on Patreon. <laughs> if yeah. you follow us on Twitter or Instagram, which you should, yeah. um, you will know what they look like. Anyways, that's not the point. I'm Sunny, and I am recently semi-diagnosed with ADHD, so forgive my interruptingness and because the rest of the podcast hasn't shown that i think all the listeners know i think you can all diagnose me with adhd i think everyone has the capability to do that now they she pronouns as well mm-hmm. yet another st louis lesbian cancer i know a lot of y'all are out there you know um and <laughs> and today we are back with you on our podcast on your favorite podcast and uh the special thing is that we're in the same city in the same room in the same house can you we know can you tell gifts. we were gonna do a gift exchange. oh my god the gift exchange okay. fuck yeah because we're in the same house now yeah we can actually like physically give each other things which hasn't been it's not been a thing that's been able to happen since we started this podcast if you didn't know we are long distance besties but mm-hmm. now we are together for a short period of time and it's like whoa we have to take advantage of that so we're gonna do a little we're apart we hoard things for each other exactly exactly now we're finally here to give them to exactly should we do that at the top of the podcast um let's let's do it at the end maybe we can do it for a nugget for the patreon listeners oh my god yeah Yeah, and that will encourage more of you motherfuckers to subscribe to our goddamn patreon yeah um yeah so okay uh as usual as with every podcast episode on The Lavender Menace here, we will be talking about three things. Firstly, a hot take submitted by a listener or something that we've seen on the timeline. And secondly, a uh, review, a joint review and analysis of a piece of media that we've consumed together. And then thirdly, recommendations of media to each other. Because as you know, if you know anything about this podcast, we are you know non-binary lesbian communist Swifties. We're very smart, intelligent smart Swifty is as important as all the other Swifty before yeah. everything else as you can tell we have incredibly great taste in in everything and very good hot takes even if we don't always agree I know how Which sad we'll get into yeah wait wait but also we have a listener submitted hot take I we, thought our I hot think- take was going to be Solar, solar power, power. Discourse. well this is the thing we can have that be part of it mm-hmm. but i think we should also include this listener's submission because we i literally just got it like okay. not even an hour ago and honestly that's so brave of you juliet <laughs> that got real intimate <laughs> for no reason okay anyway i'm logging into my computer but please tell us about the first 
the first part of our hot take today of our, you know, what's today's day? August 20th, August 2020, August, the month of our Lord and Savior. August slipped away like a So the first wine. part of the hot take will be discussing the new Lord album, Solar Power, which we as a society, as a populace have been long waiting for mm-hmm, mm-hmm. since her sophomore album, Melodrama, which to me is a masterpiece mm. and Amen. is truly one of the best albums ever written yeah. across genres, I think, really yeah. solidified Lord's place as a voice of a generation. Um, and a legend. And, and a legend. It really elevated her to a legend status that I don't think could ever be reversed, regardless of my personal opinions on Solar Power. <laughs> so, so You're like, really setting this up, yeah, are you? Yeah, so Solar Power... Solar Power is Lord's third album. And, and it's different. It's, <laughs> she is in her quirky girl era. And do I love it? No. Have I been a Lord Stan since sixth grade? Yes. Do I remember the first time that one of my middle school besties played me the song Royals for the very first time? Of course I do. There's a fly. It was a very formative experience for me. And I was a pure heroine stan, I was a melodrama stan, and so one could, you know, uh, guess my anticipation for her third album. Did it live up to what the precedent that I think Lord has set for herself? No. I, I don't think it did on, on that level. However, I think my final take is that if this is, if it was artistically satisfying for her, if she enjoyed making it, if she enjoyed the creative outlet, whatever juices she needed to get out, if she was able to get them out, then to me, I think it was an album worth making. I just don't think it is g- good for her. Mm. I, th- I think I think it's I think because she set too high standards of yeah. herself for yeah. herself. It's like it's hard to beat legend status, and like yeah. you know Taylor Swift talks about this in in some of her interviews that I definitely don't. Oh, and in Miss Americana, yeah. yeah, in talking about like how every album and when every whenever you make something that's a success, the follow up is going to be looked that at plus more so much more critically because you've already like established yourself as someone who is worth paying attention to and you need to live up you need to live the fuck up to that mm-hmm. and actually exceed expectations in some way or another to even be viewed as able to maintain that position of fame fortune power and i think like that this also has to do with like misogyny in the industry and in the world at large in which like i feel like male artists and male bands can consistently create mediocre stuff and be applauded for it, whereas women just really can't, I feel. So that's another reason why I think, like, when people should... But that doesn't mm -hmm. stop men from being called mediocre. Yeah. Like, I do think that male artists are Are mediocre. mediocre. (laughs) I don't think that male artists being mediocre is justification for Lord being mediocre. Well, personally, I disagree about Lord, um, Lord's mediocrity, which I actually don't, I don't really think it's there in this album. I don't think this album is Mm -hmm. mediocre. I think it is on its own. It is a good album. Like it's a solid album. I just, I guess this doesn't like it. That's fair. A lot of people don't like it because it's not what they expect from Lord, but like, but it's not even that. Because if it was if it was an if it was that album, because I, I was talking about this, there's also Rye, who's mm-hmm. also in um, their St. Louis, Louis era. era. <laughs> <laughs> but 
Um, Rye said that I said that it was a bad album, and I corrected him, and I said, no, I said it's a bad Lord album. I think if this was a self-produced album or someone's debut album who didn't have the resources and the legend status that Lord has already curated, like, I could see it on the trajectory to legend status or, mm-hmm. or being the beginning of someone's creative mm-hmm. career however that is not where lord is at therefore i do not think that it is a good album i think it is a bad lord album that is very important to my take mm. on the album i feel like you said a similar thing about you know your very unpopular opinion about olivia rodrigo's sour in which it's like if it was if it was within d- different circumstances and if um it was either later or earlier within someone's career it like it would have worked better and i know i said that for me though i think it's yeah. good i think i'm too old for it but also she's yeah. not a legend yet i think she's at a good position like in her yeah. second or third album she will reach legend pop status yeah i, I do believe although that. i feel like there's some not to shit on anyone not to shit on female artists you know Taylor, I would not betray you in such a way. Okay, this fly needs to get the fuck. I know. Like, it's not even is a it fly. A like, what is that? It looks like a tiny moth. Like, what is going on? It's either a tiny moth or a mosquito. Either way, I don't like it. Let me kill it with my bare hands. Yeah. Fuck. Did you get it? No, it's still flying. Okay, bro, you are really fucking up the vibe here. Also, my mosquito bites are finally starting to itch. Oh slow. no! Now you get my struggle. Yeah. Okay, where the fuck did? Okay, whatever. We're just gonna presume. Uh, no. I was gonna, I was gonna let you be, but then you came, okay, whatever, whatever. Um, what the fuck were you talking about? Well, you're Oh, talking- I, okay, yeah. not to shit on other pop girlies, but I feel like, I feel like some of them, Ariana Grande, like, I feel like they, they are within their second, third, whatever albums, in which, like, you could have pred- predicted, uh, oh, this is gonna send her into, rocket her into legend status, but they haven't really... They don't really hold up in the long term, I feel like. Like, Thank You, Next as an album. It feels very... When did you release it? 2018? It feels very 2018. TBH, I forgot that that was an album. Exactly! Because I was thinking... I was like, Dangerous Woman holds up. And so does Sweetener. So I was going to be like, hold your horses. But I did forget that Thank You, Next was a full album. And it was a a Grammy fucking nominee, too. Like for That music video slays, though, and the single is very good. Yeah, no, I like the singles. I like the album. I just don't think it would have rocketed her, and it hasn't rocketed her mm. to her pop other legend status. Did I think a much more greater impact? I on just her don't career. think it. Uh, yeah, but I also don't think it is what made her popular. Like I think her as a pop. Well, she icon, was already in- wildly popular before. Yeah, that. but like within with her pop, like her, with her brand as a as a as a like pop musician, like an R and B musician, she um. Uh, I think it was really established with Thank You Next, but since then it's not really, it's not really gone anywhere. Meanwhile, with I feel like with everything, everything that like every time Lord or like Taylor or whomever like releases a new album, it's it's kind of a way that they add on another facet of their public persona and identity onto. Yeah who they are as an artist and who they are as a public figure. I have a really good DM about this. Continue. And because of that, um, it just, like, we see more and more of them, and especially because they're not making, they're making music over the course of time and over the course of them aging and, you know, living their goddamn lives. So, like, it's obviously going to, it's going to be relatable in some ways and not for others. But I think, like, 
Lord already talked about this in Pure Heroine, her first album, and one that was titular, I think, for both me and Renaissance's development. But like she she writes about dealing with fame and other people looking at you and like newfound popularity and wealth and dealing with that shit obviously but i feel like and i think she's commenting on some similar themes about that and then also like okay okay i've been thinking about this in pure heroin there's a lot of talk about you know the teenage angst girlhood stuff and also the hometown like bitterness bittersweetness and and i think like solar power feels like to me obviously in um in one of her songs she reversed the chords of ribs and in that song it's like what's ugh, i forgot what it's called it's the one of the parentheses in it um anyway girl something yeah the girl who's girl who saw everything the girl who saw everything i'm pretty sure something like that but mm-hmm. she talks about how those are the reverse chords of ribs and like mm. throughout the entirety of the album we see her talk about like and also like like solar power the single is it's um it's a what's the word like it is a gift to it is a celebration of new zealand and of her 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 hometown and like this whole album is very much about those new zealand beaches that new zealand summer that new zealand life and love and like that compared to that kind of bittersweet i'm i'm too i'm too much for this small town type of energy that pure heroin gives i'm like wow that's that is a lot of growth and I, and that does change her as as this artist and even in that in that song she says you know I put away my dark red lipstick in my drawer and I was like yeah that's so I don't know I, I'm just like this is so cool that one person can can be in the public eye for so long and still is able to change the way that others perceive her regardless of the negative criticism or feedback that like she she'll get back on it anyway what was the DM you got about this yes uh, on that I like the concepts of the album i like the messaging i think what can be pulled from the album is good however my disappointment is in the growth of her lyricism and the production of the album itself like the sound and which i think that there hasn't been growth in terms of the sound not necessarily how it comments on her growth as a human being because i do think that lord as a human being has Ella, if you will, because yeah. we're besties like that, <laughs> has grown over her course yeah. time. I don't think that she has that fucking whatever. God it is. damn! Did you get it? Oh, probably not. Fuck. Knowing my love. Anyways, um, <laughs> please. <laughs> but uh, like, so I, you know, it, your comments, I agree with. Mm-hmm. I just don't think that it translates well to my ears in the to form of you yes to you that's what i'm saying okay that's what i'm saying mm-hmm. i don't if you enjoy the antidepressant ad music <laughs> then you do you okay so the original tweet was people who dislike solar power are either pure haters expecting melodrama 2.0 or both whatever and then my oomph jess said now if i speak because jess is also a hater like <laughs> Is just the hater? Yes, cold to the heart. More of a hater than me or you. Which is why I know that if Jess and I agree on hating something, I'm like, okay, I'm correct. Hmm. So I said, and what if I'm a bitch? Lord knows who her stands are. And I said, why shouldn't have I expected melodrama 2.0? Because what is melodrama if not an older, pure heroine 2.0? I don't think that's true. I think it's true. I said, it's called precedent, babes, and it's allowed. And Jess agrees with me. 
they said exactly, you get it. I said, why are we wrong for believing that Lord would continue to mature and grow within the same semi-autobiographical universe that we have occupied for her past two albums? And then Jess said, why am I wrong for expecting good things from her? <laughs> Which I think is funny. And I said, and those albums are masterpieces, so why would we expect something to be fixed that was not broken? Which I stand by. Hmm. But I Which feel like I stand to by. expect an artist to create something that you've previously enjoyed and that you expect from them, no, like repeatedly. I didn't expect melodrama from Pure Heroin, but listening to it, it makes sense. There are ways to do something that makes sense that are not. But expected. I feel like I feel like Solar Power makes sense based off of based off of Pure Heroin and melodrama. I think I think that I think that. Um, melodrama is almost a lighter version of pure heroin and i think that solar power is a lighter in, not in terms of lyric i mean in terms of sound in terms of sound like it's lighter in terms of it's more pop there's more there's it's there's less of that ambient background noise and like mm, that's present in like almost every song in in pure heroin and more and it's more like dance music right so i feel like it's lighter in that way but the thing is like what's even lighter than dancey pop music stuff that feels like ethereal and almost like light and, and oh my god god i killed it thank god everybody <laughs> everybody clapped cheered screamed yeah i know, know y'all loved hearing me murder a bug on that's on gonna audio, be so much on, fun to edit <laughs> <laughs> oh my god yeah if you're seeing this exclusive patreon video content just now it's because we love you mm -hmm. anyway um yeah what were you gonna say did, were you gonna say something? I don't remember. Anyway, yeah, I feel no. like the, this Zoloft antidepressant background music is <laughs> yeah. kind of a lighter, lighter. I kind feel of like that's reality an objective, of melodrama. Uh, observation, <laughs> and then whether you the like it or not is the subjectiveness. <laughs> but, but I also, feel like you can't argue that it doesn't sound like it's I feel like I feel like solar. Okay, but I feel like pure heroin kind of it it was the blueprint for okay. for the houses and the billy eilishes no, and say, whatever the impact that lord has had on the music industry mm -hmm. is irreversible she has done more of an impact to the music industry than the beatles perhaps <laughs> and everyone yeah. you can suck my dick choke on it i don't fucking who care. was who has more impact the beatles lord lord's two albums have more yeah. of an impact on the music industry than many artists mm -hmm. many artists and many male artists mm -hmm. that y'all are still mm -hmm. streaming today mm -hmm. so do i really care what she does no because i will always have pure heroin i will always have melodrama she can make jack she can make poo poo music <laughs> and i will still have those two albums however as she is my bestie as that i have grown up with her throughout adolescence and i'm entering mm -hmm. early adulthood do i want better things for her yeah i do as a bestie i, w I want her to continue but to make i good feel things. like this is better things for her this is good things and i feel like she really with pure heroin she elevated elements of the pop music scene mm -hmm. to levels that like previously unseen like unheard of level amounts of angst right and then i think in melodrama she really she really takes pop music and ta and makes it that that angsty emotional like sort of you know, first heartbreak, 
uh, just graduated toward, sort of like vibe, right? She, she creates, but I feel like, and that really encompasses the time period of, of which she released that. I feel like for me and for fans and for that, that like literally what year she released that. And I feel like solar power now in an equivalent way is kind of taking the, the Lucy Dacus's, Phoebe Bridgers, sort of the Japanese bre breakfast, like the people, like people who are making this like ambient, but happy, but like light, but like sad, like nostalgic nostalgic um like romantic music uh romantic in like a the romantics sense not the romantic taylor swift love story sense um Doesn't i taylor swift also have a song called the new romance yes yes um <laughs> <laughs> not like that like i feel like lord is kind of taking that but then like elevating it by like satirizing it almost like almost literally i mean in mood ring she obviously talks about that in in mood ring as in her video creative direction for okay, that can but... i talk about the songs that i do like i just yeah. want to say that i'm not a complete hater <laughs> <laughs> do i like solar power yes i think yeah. it's catchy that yeah. one did grow on me i like the mood live ring. performance of solar power on the rooftop with jack antonoff oh my god it's so good you need to watch it on youtube if you haven't already mm -hmm. anyway Ooh. A Sunny has been making me listen to Mood Ring, so it's a good thing that I like it, because if I didn't, I would be in my personal hell. Um, <laughs> I, I'll be like, I'll, we'll just be sitting outside, I'll be like, you know what? Oh, Sunny we has need to announce to it Mood every Ring. single time. <laughs> no, you don't say, You'll it'll be silent in the room, and Sunny will go, I'm gonna play Mood Ring now. <laughs> plays it for like three times. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, as I should, as I should. So I do like Mood Ring. The non-single that I do like off the album is Domino's. When I, when Domino started, I was like, oh my god, thank god. And also, I think it's catchy. Mm. So, I, I feel those like... Are pro I like those two singles. Yeah. I mean, I do like Stoned at the Nail Salon, uh -huh. but I think that just Solar Power and Mood Ring... Per this one is very much to me, uh -huh. very subjective. Those are just the two singles that yeah, I like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the non-singles, Domino's. Mm, interesting. For me. Yeah. Uh, I, I am the kind of person who really, like... I really need to chew on an album to really figure out what Just I like about not. it. Not fucking, yeah, eat it, consume it. Um, and I haven't listened to this album more than like three times in its entirety. I need to listen to it 50 times to get it. And, mm -hmm. <laughs> and I felt that way about every every album that I love. Like uh, fucking um, Chloe and Holly's album, this. Do It. I listened to that shit like 30 times before I was like, I know what my favorite songs are. You know, like, I had to listen to Doja Cat's new album, like, a million times to be able to figure out which songs I actually really love from it. So, like, it, it'll it take me a while to, like, even think of a ranked listing or my top favorites, I feel like. But we talked about this because uh -huh. I said that I agree. However, I think the initial level of enjoyment of an album is important because yeah. I, too, need to listen to an album a hundred times to really get in there. And I had to let folklore initially marinate for a little yeah, bit yeah, yeah. i did like it initially but yeah. i really i had to sit with it to become I, I, a I started foaming at the mouth a little bit later <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah 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 so but for this one another one of my points is that the initial enjoyment of solar power like was lower than is significantly yeah. lower than even the first streams of pure heroin melodrama uh -huh. which did take like amazing first listen yeah but then also marinated on top of yeah. that Became to become even, even better. better. Yeah, yeah. And and solar power, even if I do end up liking it, let's say three months from now, uh -huh. that doesn't change the fact that its initial taste in my mouth is not as pleasant right. as the other two albums, which yeah. I think is is a, a setback for Lord. But then again, she is Lord. Yeah. So do I care what she does? No. That's why I think if she enjoyed it, girl, if you had a <laughs> if you had a good time, if you had a good time, you know, I'm we support with you. you because I you're support you. With me. Yeah. yeah, like. Yeah. I think artists should be allowed to make art no matter 
you know, she has the all the yeah. commercial success that she could need. Yeah. She can do whatever she wants. Right. So if this is what she wanted to do, she can do it. Girl, let's get the fourth album on the list. <laughs> I'm not going to be able to keep defending you for much longer. <laughs> so yeah, those are our thoughts on Solar Power. Wait, although, okay. I I can't wait to chew on this album because I really can't, am so obsessed with trying to unpack, like, what she's saying and and cross-reference what she's That's saying about her album. different things. I know, but what I'm saying, I'm excited. I, personally, oh, okay. I'm excited to do, get yeah. into it because yeah, I yeah. want to know. Like, I, I want to unpack the layers of satire here and, and the ways that she's kind of... I don't know. She's always had shade for other artists in her music, but in, like, this really subtle way. And I'm excited to see how the way that she's satirizing this new era of pop girlies and the way that their music sounds through this album in a really cohesive and coherent way. I'm excited to dig into it. Uh, I don't know. All of Lord's writing is like, it, it, I mean, it is poetry, but it's the kind of stuff that you really, it's like, it's literature. It's li literature cannot be just read once. Like you gotta, you gotta read that shit at least 12 times if you want to, if you just want to barely mm -hmm. get it and you got to discuss it too. So anyway, yeah, those are our thoughts on yeah. solar power. Oh, what's the other hot take that you're logging into your laptop? Are we going to do that one? Yeah, so we wanted to talk about solar power, of course, and we've been planning yeah. on talking about solar power since we knew its release date and we knew that we were going to be in the same place for yeah. it, you know, how wonderful. But also, uh, let me let me cold read a hot take submission that was sent to me two hours ago. Oh, fresh. Uh, hot off the press. No, literally. Hey, Sunny and Renaissance. Oh, this is from Ju Juliet uh, Zavala, they them. Or Jules, yeah. Cool. First, I hope you're both having a great time in St. Louis listening to Taylor Swift and Lord together. <laughs> we literally are. We With are. We, we are. Mm -hmm. Second, I love to hear your guys' hot takes on this Hassan Piker <laughs> at Hassan Avi, Hassan the Hun, $2.4 million house purchase discourse. What do you think about the fact that he made the purchase? And what do you think about his response to people calling him out on Twitter? Personally, I don't think I could live with myself if I were driving past houseless people all across LA no, every literally. day. Whilst knowing I was hoarding enough income to purchase a million dollar home. Literally. Is there any validity in the fact that he made his money, allegedly, I don't know much about him, I saw people arguing this point in his defense on Twitter, by not exploiting others? What would Impossible. you guys do? What would you guys do if your YouTube channels and or this pod and or the socials blew up to the point where you were making an income like Hassan's? <laughs> One could only our niche ass audience okay okay first of all we're broke and all of our <laughs> listeners like us because they're broke so where do you think we're getting money? please please uh, our our joint savings is less than 6k like <laughs> like please god okay thank you for no one rob us thank you for taking the rob what <laughs> no one hack into this shit we there's nothing cents for you to do right now. <laughs> like, thank you for taking the time to read this. I'm continuing to love the pod. I found many a fantastic media recommendation from <laughs> oh, you Solidarity from one communist non-binary lesbian to two others. Oh my Jules. gosh, thank oh, you, Thank Jules. you so much. This was so kind and lovely love to read. Okay, so context. <laughs> one, uh, a bestie of the podcast yeah. because he uh, followed us when the by <laughs> <laughs> by Discord. That's yeah, how yeah, they yeah. got into right, it. Right, right, right. Um, so... At Lexi for Prez, Alexis was one of the initial initializing mm -hmm. um, callouts of Hassan yeah. for the house. Mm -hmm. And not just because he's a bestie, yeah. but I think his takes are correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and if you don't follow Lexi for Prez, when you should. Yeah. Unless you're going to harass yeah. him, then don't. Because yeah. they already get enough of that. Yeah. But, 
you should. Anyways, I think he's wrong. First of all, as someone... Hassan? Yes. Yeah. Uh, oh, yes. I think Hassan is wrong. As someone who is from Southern California... Yeah. ...who visits Los Angeles frequently, multiple mm-hmm. neighborhoods in LA, not just WeHo and say that I've been to Los Angeles. I've seen multiple aspects over the course of basically my entire life. And just as someone who lives in Southern California in general, the homeless populate or the homeless issue, the 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 well it's not even an issue. There yeah. are so many empty homes yeah. in Cal in the state of California. And even more in Los Angeles. Everyone yeah. thinks that it's expensive to live and move to LA. Uh-huh. No, there are empty ass apartments yeah. and then just millions of homeless people yeah. living literally outside of those yeah. empty apartments. Yeah. And I was, like, reading Hassan's replies to uh-huh. Alexis about this, and his justification was, like, oh, I needed a bigger home to stream out of and for family. <laughs> to stream out of and First for family. First of all, my house is not uh, worth $3 million. I don't know. I've heard the two points. I've heard the threes. I've uh-huh. heard the da yeah. Somewhere between two point four and $3.1 uh-huh. million dollars on this home. My house is not worth that. We have hosted numerous people. Yeah. So this this excuse that you need a multi-million dollar home for you know, streaming, which can yeah. be done not... Out of your mom's basement, goddamn? Literally. Like, like wherever you yeah. were living before is how you got the platform to have this amount of money. Yeah. So you were able to stream out of that. Yeah. If, you, if your family members depend on you for housing, that's one thing. But to use that as justification for you as a single, or yeah. I don't know if he's in a relationship... Even that, it's literally ridiculous. Yeah. And also to use that money when there are on the ground organizing uh-huh. community resource centers that are already underfunded and what under- the fuck? Oh, oh you killed it. it! Oh my god! Not you wiping it on the Anyways, carpet. Wait, let me. Sorry. Well, <laughs> where? Oh, did you want it on your bed? Where, <laughs> let me just was grab I supposed to you? keep the guts on my hand? Not the guts on your hands. Anyways, like he could have bought a home for less than a million. And then donated or given mm-hmm. those millions and millions and millions of dollars to actually unhoused people or people who are house or housing insecure yeah. to help people pay rent who live yeah. in Los Angeles yeah. who to help multi generational Angelino families like people who actually belong to Los Angeles. Yeah, it's also weird because it's like, do you not understand how like twelve person families are cramming into twenty square feet Literally. of living space in Literally. California, not twenty minutes away from you? Yeah. To, because of the housing crisis, do you not understand how, you, like, you as someone who has someone who has millions of fuck yeah multi-family but you as someone with like literally millions of fans and like hundreds of thousands of and that's streams. millions of dollars just for the home let yeah. alone the rest of the money that's in this bank account yeah like it just makes me so it's like if you're a socialist and you, if you think you're a socialist but you can't even begin to like think about your own behaviors actions and as and decisions as significant as home owning in in within the context of how your behaviors and, your and you actions, call it arbitrary <laughs> some call yeah. it arbitrary like, social markers with it arbitrary social markers people don't live people don't have houses the fuck like you you are literally your existence in the way that you're li- choosing to live it out is first of all he's a man <laughs> <laughs> the way you're choosing to live as, as a, a man, man. <laughs> oh my god <laughs> For, uh, let's start there let's start there hassan you're a man mm-hmm. end it <laughs> second That's of all. all yeah no and also 
even if, because some people are saying that he didn't build his social, his platform as a socialist, that is false. Who cares? As but who, also, that doesn't matter. But also, that but is false. Also, he is someone who identifies himself it, within his own politics uh-huh. as a leftist. And he builds or a, a platform off of that in a yeah. way that is directly monetizing it. Like, streaming exactly. is exactly doing that. And, and like, if your whole career, your whole identity, your whole ability to make money is based off of you owning the fascist online or you debunking right-wing talking points or you trying to break down theory and to, to like to you know if you're if that's what your audience is based off mm-hmm. of like it's like i how can you do that and not see the absolute hypocrisy of this shit when, because and you, then hassan <sighs> tried to compare it to um alexis having a, a patreon, patreon link like what in which he alexis said that, like, they only get $100 a month from that. Yeah. Alexis is not going to be able to buy a $3 million home off of $100 a month off yeah. of Patreon and Lang. they're, like, a full-time... They're, like, a full-time retail worker. puts their money where their motherfucking mouth is. Yeah. And Alexis has been housing insecure. Yeah. And does come from, a, like, disenfranch- a disenfranchised background uh-huh. in a way that Hassan... With his three million plus mm-hmm. dollars, like, wh- how do you think that that is comparable in yeah. any way? Why are you speaking to Alexis like that? What is wrong with you? And then, like, I think Hassan tagged the Social Democrat Twitter account and was like, "This doesn't look good for you," and basically sent like the Social Dem like minions after Alexis <laughs> to like Christ. harass them on Twitter. Dude. Alexis is, is a Marxist Leninist mm-hmm. too, so why are why are you sending why are you sending the and sexier the DSAs? than they will ever <laughs> literally so, the sex appeal of Hassan versus Alexis <laughs> that's the discourse we that should is, get into that's what we should be and talking Alexis about Alexis will eat Hassan up every single time <laughs> so yeah no like and that's that's the thing anyone who builds their platform and like a living makes a living off of telling people what to think. Like, Hassan, do you not know who you are? And this mm-hmm. is also, I'm, I'm like... Lack of self-awareness. But also, I feel like that anytime anyone gets money, there's a lack... There's something happens chemically yeah. to the brain. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm sure. Under capitalism, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. <laughs> but like, not blah, blah, blah. Like, But it's like... But the thing is, is that you said you were about that life, and then when the receipts came up, yeah. you were not about that life. Yeah. And that's why I think we should get into the second part. If if we ever make millions yeah. and millions, but this dollars, is the other thing. Like, never gonna happen. When I like, I I don't even feel I I don't even feel morally like sort of um, bettered by the fact that like I that I actually regularly donate to people who need money, mm-hmm. and it's not like. I, I, the biggest paycheck I ever received was, like, $1,000, like, $1,200, okay? Like, I, and, and for, like, six weeks of work, okay? This is not, this is not, like, this is so, I And it's not a consistent job. No, literally. has to (laughs) For a fucking year. Right, no. Well, first of all, we do not have mics. We're recording this on We're recording this on We already have. The camera that Sunny already has. A camera that was gifted to me. (laughs) We have a Patreon in order for us to get mics so that you do not have to listen to the audio. We have a Patreon to be able to even sustain the RSS RSS payments that we have to make to to make this shit Which, by the way, are $12 a month. So that is how the the income that we're making, we we do not have, we didn't even make the Anchor ad. 
that you're supposed yeah. to make on the app. Right, because the like, anchor wasn't good. Sorry. <laughs> also, and even that money would have mm-hmm. gone to just paying the RSS application, yeah. and that's like $5 an episode, and yeah. the RSS is like $12 a yeah. month. So even if you do the math on that, yeah. like we... Any any smidgen of money that we could possibly be making from this mm-hmm. is just going to instantly go into it. None of it is yeah. in our pocket, and it's yeah. not also it's not growing at any exponential rate in which we can make millions of dollars. Yeah, and even if that was the case, we do not have any financial independence. Yeah, so it would be like us being like able to sustain ourselves, and then any excess money would not go into be, would not go into buying multi million dollar homes. It'd be going to family, <laughs> friends, communities, people, like communities, goddamn people that we're actually in community community with, people that we have right. relationships with, people who know other people who need that help. Like yeah. having a network to actually put the money where it needs to be put. Yeah, and that's just the other thing. It's like it's like how do you not feel guilty if you make any significant amount of money and just like sit on it because that. Like I worked four jobs this summer, barely making shit money, and I feel guilty that I'm not yeah, doing and enough. And it's going, it's for me to not be broke in college for the next yeah, year. Yeah, like even saving, like the difference between like hoarding wealth and like saving money is also mm-hmm. like it's. But it's like how, how do you how have you not even thought about this for when you're fucking like calling yourself like a socialist and actually literally making a sh- like money Shit big tons. fucking like bands money money like off of talking about it. K- a month like that shit is so it's so whack like why would you and like uh, on my booktube channel which you should subscribe to also if you were watching this on patreon we're sitting in a sunny book nook which is yeah. where i always film all my youtube videos yeah. so the, sunny you, the sunny book nook indeed so on on youtube uh i i have like seven thousand subscribers or something like that mm-hmm. um which in the scope of like how youtube works not significant Nothing. at all um and okay i fight adsense every fucking day of my life <laughs> <laughs> the way that sh- the way okay the way that platforms do not compensate creators and create a gig economy for creators it's awful but anyways when i like i make maximum maximum a $150 every month or two months like through youtube like this is not that's not a sustainable income in any way and it's probably comparable best to alexis making like $100 off of patreon every month for their writing their work that they create for themselves and for anyone who chooses to partake in it the same way that and the number of books that alexis reads and then distills for the people on their twitter and like real actual theory yeah and like has an ongoing list and thread of the work that they and resources do. and yeah. direct quotes and and yeah. and and general general education like alexis I, definitely deserves a hundred per month but like, regardless, like since right. that is their actual material reality it is in no way comparable to hassan buying a three million dollar home yeah it's just all. so i can't even and like Alexis, I think, said it best mm-hmm. in that it's unprincipled. Yeah, and whether or not other people agree with us and us as people who agree with Alexis, mm-hmm. if if you want, you know, Hassan is probably not going to fuck you. I hate that. <laughs> that kind of, right. Not. But if you have that hope and you're going to ride for him on this thing, that's fine. I, I just agree with the way Alexis worded it in that yeah he thinks that it's unprincipled and i agree and i individually think that it's unprincipled yeah as, exactly as someone who is a leftist yeah. or socialist i'm a yeah. commie as yeah. long with uh sunny yes. we're actual communists actual communists so and that's the thing it's like like i don't know when i grew up very religious and something that was always instilled to me really yeah can you tell from the religious trauma from this religious trauma tattoo i just got um <laughs> the, the um i get very religious and something that was really instilled 
in us um, was that like you know you, if you are a part of the church if you are a part of the community like your you and every element of yourself and your faith and your money should also go to your community and your institution like and that's how I got by growing up was the fact that at church people would give you free food and, and shit so that you could like get through your week or whatever right like and and that was that was always like integral part of like community building and whatever and if you if your whole platform is based off of supposedly built like building community and educating people and radicalizing people then why the fuck are you not even doing the bare minimum that anyone else who's trying to build community in any significant way or in any and any other institutional way has been able to do that and not only that but like like as an individual myself like i know at least 15 to 20 percent of any income that i have goes goes to like mutual aid and whatever and whatever and like not to not to push any not to like tell people what to do with their money but like i know that i come from positions of privilege in many ways and i know that like my time resources and the shit that i have given to me is like that's that's a privilege and that's something that like in an ideal in the world that i'm trying to build everyone would have access to in in a fair and equal way so like why would i not do what the minimal that i the, the minimum that i can do to try to like build make that come about like it's just so bizarre to me how what is genuinely what is wrong with you <laughs> like, in the way that hassan you can't feign any in- innocence because you live in los angeles you have seen the yeah the housing terrible problems mm-hmm. not only in the state of california but in los An- in la county specifically mm-hmm. it like there there are whole unhoused like neighborhoods mm-hmm. like like literally yeah. so there's no way of being like oh i didn't know or how can you blame me for yeah. for like doing something that isn't a part of like what's physically yeah. around him when it is yeah when it is like, L.A. literally just criminalized homelessness mm-hmm. by, like, there's an anti-camping law or whatever, yeah. which obviously is just a Fucked way up. to yeah. criminalize homelessness even further as if it wasn't criminalized. So, it's like, no, you fucked up. And I think fighting it instead of just being like, yeah, I use this language to, like, instead of just it, Admitting, coming out as yeah. the villain yeah. <laughs> and trying to fight it, yeah. it's like, you know... Maybe you're a lot like Joker. Yeah. <laughs> <Okay>, Joker. <laughs> uh, I just don't get how someone could b- intentionally build a platform off of trying to share political ideas mm-hmm. in which the said political ideas directly mean that you, you can't be the rich people that you supposedly are against. And I think his pinned tweet right now says something like tax the rich. Yeah. It, no, I'm it's, like, babe, yo, the rich. It's like wearing, he, I think he was wearing a t-shirt that was like, <laughs> that was like eat the rich or whatever with an anarchist I'm symbol in it, it which first of all girl this, oh, the ideological is a, a message to my haters but there's an, oh a reason God. i don't get it i, I don't get it and he's I, not even that hot he's not. everyone is saying like he's the hot socialist boy no whatever, he's not but he's this is not. embarrassing for you your taste is bad um, you are down bad yeah. on multiple levels exactly politics yeah. taste mm-hmm. men yeah oh oh and this is i'm like i, I personally I think personally. personally, I think something that I've heard at in in abolitionist circles mm-hmm. is like um, a city's budget is its is its moral principles. And the, the budget, the city's budget reflects its morality. In the same way, it's like your budget reflects your priorities, your reality, what you care about. And like I, you know, as one person, it's like I only have control over what I do with my money um, and like the money that I have and what I choose to do with it. 
And, and I think like, you know, any, that should be true for any person, including Hassan. And I don't get why Hassan doesn't get it. Is there more to the hot take? I just want to make sure that we address all of Jules questions, comments, and points. Uh, by not oh, this is by not exploiting others. There's no way that he has not exploited others because there's no um, ethical consumption under capitalism. Mm-hmm. So and there's no time, other. There's no ethical production under capitalism. Yeah. As well. So every even the platform that he built by streaming himself yeah. and streaming from his own place, the things that he bought, the way the yeah. inherent of living in the United States yeah. is that whatever you do, yeah. consume, make, produce, yeah, somewhere in the line is sl- slavery yeah. slave wages imperialism imperialism but, like, like the land that you live on yeah. right now is you exploiting like, others to and have and for that us before. as well like this is not yeah. to this is not to no, 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 mitigate no, anyone else not. it's like yeah. every if you how can you say that, how can you say that shit when mm-hmm. you i would just never say it because i know it's not true <laughs> right exactly That's it's like the thing. what do you mean is you've never exploited anyone that he is not what do you mean your the phone that that you use to record right now the phone that you're using to to make tweets mm-hmm. is li- like the minerals in there do you know who the fuck like mind those <laughs> who the no, fuck assembled that shit like exactly. what are you talking who who's developing the software right now like what do you mean no one was exploited in in just the materials that you need to like support your online presence that is ridiculous that's just wrong first of all and second of all like even ignoring that even the real even ignoring that reality it's like it furthers this idea that as a content creator you are able to be financially independent away from like the big corporations or whatever exploiting other people that's not true if anything like artists content creators people who make their money by selling stuff that they make and only they can make online that like you're still you like your labor still being exploited and you're still exploiting other people's labor but in a way that perhaps you cannot see as clearly because you're not literally in an assembly line at a factory because you're not literally making phone calls at a desk but like this is why well, you sorry. can say that you have minimized it in whatever way and that uh-huh. like because you're not creating those things but he's like saying that he has not exploited anyone in making <laughs> his platform and that is just not true right which is why I would never say that about right. the platform that I've made because I know that the materials that I use, the place that I live, mm-hmm. how I live, the food that I consume, mm-hmm. it is impossible for me to even claim yeah. that in the beginning, which is why yeah. you will never catch me slipping on that table <laughs> in particular. <laughs> and it's it's because like, I will never say right. that shit. Like, no, and that's the thing. This, okay, I feel like this is, this is another thing. Um, people act like we are ascribing morality and moral judgment onto people's individual behaviors and, and actions and, and the That's way that they're liberalism. perceived. I think the issue is that when liberals, if I, a black person, tell a white person that you're being racist, their argument is I'm not racist I'm because a good I'm not, person. yeah, I'm a good person. Right. Or I'm not racist because right. I'm not a bad person. When, no, if you are racist, you are it, 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 you it just are a person. Yes, You're not you good or bad. Are you, you are a but person living in a racist world, your, and you have power within that racist world, which is why it, it's it, it, your responsibility to be anti-racist from that yeah. point on. Because you cannot undo your childhood mm-hmm. in which all you that can't was embedded, undo your identity, but you can educate yourself forward. You can minimize the harm that. that you 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 create in every element of your day, which is why mm-hmm. I talk a lot about like on my TikTok or whatever. Well, I I like to overemphasize like 
like not over consuming um and especially as westerners like i feel like that's one of the that's one of the biggest things that someone who understands how imperialism works is to not is is that to not over consumption in the united states it's insane like it is single-handedly fueling like the climate crisis in many ways genuinely even before i was a communist like because mike's i i did not even understand the degree of hyperconsumption, just because I was, I, I don't know if it's just because I wasn't in a position or that uh-huh. was not a habit that was instilled in my uh-huh. family, but I truly did not know that bitches were buying so much yeah. so frequently, yeah. like on this level yeah. until I like was doing research. And that's it. why the GDP and is I'm so like, fucking high here, even though the standard of living is not. <laughs> so that's all we have for our hot takes today. You, you have the joy of hearing us ranting about how if we ever became multi-millionaires through we making would, content because First of all, all that of that money happen. would go if yeah. we have that income it would not stay in our bank exactly that's the thing long. if we ever get to the point where we're making more than is then like we're already financially independent we like we're good i like every day i would just go i do my re- weekly groceries and be like okay this is how much i need to sustain myself for this amount of time that means all this extra money that is not going anywhere else. Mm-hmm. Why would why would you not donate? Why would you not give that to the people who right. need that to feel their necessities, not even yeah. their? I mean, people like, do deserve right. Like, take care nice of things, yourself. Like, yeah, take care of yourself. But guess what? Part we of taking care of millions part of, of dollars. Part of taking that. care of yourself is taking care of other people. Also, I was uh-huh. going to say his point about like needing this multi million dollar uh-huh. house for family. Bitch, why are you not buying your family's home if you got millions of dollars? <laughs> no. Buy them a home. You God. get a humble home. They Everyone gets a humble home if you got that kind of money. Yeah. Uh, and also, stop buying ugly houses. <laughs> stop, make, stay, stop, make, so, stop making all, gentrification stop moving housing. to L.A. Yeah. Stop <laughs> Everybody, moving. stop it. Stop moving not to L.A. Not only and be like, oh my gosh, I'm a Southern California. No, you are pushing historically mm-hmm. black and brown people who have mm-hmm. lived in the actual Los Angeles area. Like, actual Latinos who are mm-hmm. more native to the land that is Los Angeles than the people mm-hmm. who are fucking moving mm-hmm. there. You are, push- you are gentrifying those neighborhoods. You are pushing them out of their multi-generational cities and hometowns mm-hmm. stop moving to los angeles it's not so that i can hoard all the yeah. avocado toast for myself it's that you <laughs> the 15 dollar avocado toast no it's right. so that you bitches stop making fucking tiktok houses yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, please yeah so anyway yeah, yeah. That, that's that, that's the wrap on that yeah now we're gonna get him. into our shared media shared media shared media yeah. slay slay so slay. this is a bit of a throwback to like a very early episode you mm-hmm. made this recommendation mm-hmm. the other night sunny and i watched assassination nation directed on, by sam levinson yes creator of euphoria and it shows yeah <laughs> on, on hulu and it was my first watch sunny's like fifth or something like yeah. that yeah <laughs> crazy like that i just love yeah. a movie about girls who kill dudes can you tell i just love that i love when the that the ending I don't want to say it's satisfying because uh-huh. it's so dark and yeah. so much violence yeah, happens. Yeah, yeah. But I think specifically the Beck scene and when the girls uh, get, yeah, I, yeah. first of all, I love Beck. <laughs> I fell in love uh-huh. with Beck. I just her her scene about not having sympathy for the mayor because Beck's <laughs> right. is trans, uh-huh. and it's like, why would I give a fuck about a closeted uh, gay person? Uh-huh non-binary trans person uh-huh. who made it their 
life mission to uh-huh. make my hell or to make my life as miserable and hellish as possible uh-huh. like why would i ever feel bad for uh-huh. that person and yeah. i think bex is correct <laughs> i think bex should be allowed to have that take because of Be- not only just because i love bex but uh-huh. because of her positionality i'm like yes that 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 makes sense uh-huh. and so from that scene on which is like really early in the movie uh-huh. i was like you know what i will protect you bex i will <laughs> be there for you i am a stan i'm a bex stan yeah. Interesting. There's yeah. a lot of other dark things. That's a very lighthearted. That's one. Yeah. So this movie is, it's gr- it's very dark. It's very gritty and it's kind of. But camp. the lighting is beautiful. The lighting is absolutely stunning. And in the way, in the way, the lighting in Euphoria. Is yeah. Beautiful. The camera work is so creative and wonderful. As it's like choreographic. Yeah. It's, literally, it's. I love it. Ge- yeah, very, very good in that on that level. On and on a purely like aesthetic level, fantastic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think. Yeah, the aesthetics are great. Yeah. Um. I I was seeing. I think it has a pretty low average rating on Letterbox, and a lot of people that I follow like don't really seem to like it, which I think is funny because as soon as I watch it the first time, the second time, the third time, and uh, you know whenever whatever time the what's most recent time was. What's, what's their criticism of it? Like someone said. Um, it has a 3.2. Yeah. The highest rating is 3 with 8.2 thousand. Mm-hmm. Um, I gave it, what did I give it? I gave it a three and a half. Mm-hmm. But, okay, that doesn't mean I didn't enjoy it. Mm-hmm. I, my enjoyment level, well, okay, can I enjoy something that violent? Ha! It feels wrong saying I enjoyed it because, yeah. oh, should I not lean on this? Because the imagery is so great. No, you, it's, you can, it's, it's fine. So graphic that there's literally trigger warnings for all the like terrible shit that you yeah. see in the movie and At like the very you do of the movie. see yeah. it. It's graphic. It's graphic. The amount of blood in this oh my movie God. is insane. Yeah. So I don't want to say that I enjoyed it. Yeah. However, it is a good movie and therefore it is enjoyable regardless of the fact, regardless of the content. Yeah. If yeah. that makes sense. If if you if you'll indulge me in that take. Oh, I mean, I feel like there's this... a lot of commentary uh-huh. on gendered violence, which yeah. I think is is good. Yeah. I, I think the. Mm, well, okay, it's a double edged sword for me. But you go first. I feel like I've been trying. I for a I while. feel like, I feel like there's something about the the this person this director's work that really taps into this camp, <laughs> sort of. It was camp. Yeah, this camp version of teenage girlhood in this way that i think is so interesting to see um i have a theory that sam levinson is trans and that's why he keeps casting young trans characters um in his shows and in his stuff hard enough i mean she's just so gorgeous i mean (laughs) why wouldn't you cast her in your movie yeah well i was gonna say i think sam levinson as a director and creator really i think there's like like teen rage female anger you know i think within this movie it's so clear you know and i think in euphoria but um in assassination nation i feel like i personally i don't hate gore and violence in a movie (laughs) i don't hate it it's just not my favorite but also i still enjoyed the movie and it's very violent and gory i think when violence and gore is done well it it elevates a movie to just fucking legend status. Like, yeah. obviously I hate 
Tarantino, but like Kill Bill Volume One and Two, like the fight scenes and the choreography and the way that that shit is cool. It's cool and it's the blueprint for a lot of things. But you know, Birds of Prey, that shit is cool and incredible because you see Harley Quinn break two men's legs separately in different different occasions. But also, Birds of Prey, the violence is fun because it's confetti and it's yeah. and it's colors yeah. because it's from her lens. It's not yeah. confetti in real life. Yeah, she, she, guts everywhere yeah. in real life. Yeah, but because we see it from her our beloved, yeah, from Harley a, from a kissing. A girl from a man's perspective yeah. <laughs> no, literally. yeah a harley quinn makes it fun to watch yeah exactly violence. and i feel like in a sim in, not a similar way but in a way in an aesthetic way sam levin kind of sam levinson kind of makes it makes it is at least for me aesthetic to watch violence like like i feel like the, the mm-hmm. way that the violence is shot and the way that the most gruesome brutal shit is like portrayed i think it's it's done in a really compelling way and it makes me it's violent but in a way that doesn't I don't know if this is something that's wrong with me. But it's violent in a way that doesn't make me... Thorne gets hit in the head. Yeah. It's fun to watch. Yeah, it is. But, like, all... Every element of violence in this movie, it makes... It's... I can't look away. It's... I I want to look. I want to see what happens. I want to know what happens next. It's... It's so enthralling for me. And I think... I don't know. I think this, this movie is saying a lot of things about, like, public shame in the internet. And girlhood and grooming and sex and what that is like for like teenagers and the teenage like high school culture around it and male violence and gendered violence in the ways that it is it is recreated and and how the internet is integral to to how gendered violence works in in the modern day and age and how it it continues to replicate itself i think assassination nation is saying i mean is saying a lot of really interesting things about all of that um in a way that i haven't seen been tackled i don't think in 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 a way that is so melodramatic and earnest and um i don't know like i mean our main character isn't really likable um i don't think like lily lily i thought her name was olivia lily her name is lily i'm pretty sure no lily's the other friend the main character is olivia really olivia lily let's look on letterboxd what's it say lily oh yeah who the hell's olivia did no one's Olivia. The White Lotus. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, I like Lily. Yeah, I think a lot of the reviews are based off of them not liking Lily and being like this. Why would you not like Lily? She didn't do anything wrong. She didn't do anything wrong. It's not that she did anything wrong. It's more of that they annoy, she's, she annoys people for some reason. Oh, well, okay, she annoys people because she's, quote, the epitome of cherry emoji Twitter. Um, and... <laughs> she's... 17 years old in high yeah. school yeah. and has colored lights in her bedroom. <laughs> Why do I give a fuck? Right. No, and I and I think like I think like yeah, people found Okay, okay. I have another theory. The way that people found Cat annoying in Euphoria, I think they kind of find they would find Lily annoying for the same reasons in terms of like because we lived in such a victim blaming society in which in anything that you do any violent crime that happens the onus is always on the victim for why you didn't prepare enough why weren't you ready um and not to the person inflicting violence you know or it's always the question is always to uh, intimate partner violence survivors why didn't you leave him sooner why didn't you leave you know when they started showing red flags and it's never why is the other person acting like this right and i feel like in this movie assassination nation 
um, Lily being groomed by an adult man who is her employer. Um, and the way that she sexualizes herself on the internet in a really open way, which is like, that's the reality for many girls. Like, teenage girls growing See, up on the internet. That like, was my one mm-hmm. possible criticism for the movie, mm-hmm. is that I do think that it shows the hyper, an unrealistic hypersexualization. Really? Of teenage... I don't... And the talking uh-huh. about her, you know, has her boyfriend gone down on her? Why have you told your friends uh-huh. have gone down on her? Uh-huh. The This conversation about the sex life of teenagers, yeah. even if they are supposed to be the sexy ones at school yeah. or they but I, have that's, this that's pretty normal though because i remember when i was 15 i would be sitting around and my friends would be talking about the various sex acts that would happen between them and their partners or whatever but and it was like when you were 15 mm. talking about that shit with other 15 year olds it was like it, it was all new stuff like that's the thing like like people yeah. are mo- when you're when you're in high school when you're young like the younger the you are the younger you are like this isn't the, but i'm saying there's two ways to look at this, and is is, is how we even describe the concept of assassination? Okay, anyway, I don't think we've even given a brief synopsis of this movie yet. No, yeah, oh my god, yeah, that's what I'm saying is that I'm I'm struggling in do I look at it within the context of like this town, that this friend group, this social arena that we're looking at, and be like, or the yes, real world at large. Yeah, I'm like, uh-huh. well. Yes, I could see that this taking place, and I could see people who, in in the real world, can relate to these topics coming up in the mm-hmm. friend groups. Or do I look at this as a piece in the long line of history that inappropriately over-sexualizes mm-hmm. teenage relationships, teenage friendships, minors, young girls, mm-hmm. the over-sexualization... You know, in in the yeah. history of Lolita, in the tradition of yeah. Lolita. But I feel like... Do I look at it uh-huh. like that, or do I look at it in the context of a movie? And yeah. I think that... I mean, I still enjoy this movie. I still like Lily. Mm-hmm. I think she did nothing wrong. Mm-hmm. And that's all enjoyable. I'm just saying, as as a consumer, as, as, a, as a critique, the life of a critic is not easy. <laughs> um, <laughs> we, we risk so much for very little. Kinda, kinda, kinda. <laughs> In all of that, in my various lenses, in my Calvin Klein lenses, how uh-huh. am I looking at this? Uh-huh. That, that's just, that's the one question that I have uh-huh. that doesn't yeah. take away the, from the fact that yeah. I really like the movie. Yeah, I guess, like, in a, in a way, um, all media talking about and showing the hypersexualization of teenage girls and young girls can, it, it falls within that category. How does the does the portrayal exactly. of the sexualization just, of it, self yeah. further the sexualization. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like something that I picked up on in the tone of this movie is that every time we see Lily taking pictures of herself or, you know, like t- sexting her, you know, quote unquote, daddy. Uh, oh, that made me so I know every single yeah, time. Like, I never got used to it throughout the entire movie. <laughs> like shit like that. It was like, as a viewer, and I think for most viewers, like none of that shit is comfortable. None of that shit is like, yes, you go, girl. You're so liberated, empowered, and feminist mm-hmm. for this. It's mostly just like you see, she's just sad. You see her. She's as like acting out. As, yeah, like like you she's see thinking the vulnerability. Of, right. She she's trying to break out of that sort of puritanical anti-sex, anti-feminist sort of like environment that her family is is portrayed to be. She's trying to break out of that in the only way that she knows how, which through the internet is the only way she knows how is through hypersexualization and that is actually like literally the truth for most girls growing mm-hmm. up on the internet mm-hmm. you know that's seen as the only way to be seen as cool or desirable when all mm-hmm. of women's when all of women's worth is placed on how they they look like based off of the sexualization objectification of themselves to men then 
of course, from a young age, you're going to be fucking thinking about that. And, you mm-hmm. know, like, and since the internet version of yourself is the public persona of yourself, like, you're going to try to portray that as much as possible. And, like, it's, it's sad. And that's why Lily is a victim in this movie and is portrayed as such. Um, and people who don't get that, it's like, well... You didn't get it. You didn't get it, babes. (laughs) No, I definitely, Uh. I think if you, if you're correct and have good taste like Sunny and I, if you you think, (laughs) if you think, then you know that Lily is the victim. You know that she's being groomed. You know that, that she is the product of the way that yeah. like and she knows that and she yeah. and she knows that she is the product of society listen. that and at the very end of the movie when we after we see her face all of this violence over something she didn't even do which oh yeah let's break down the concept of this yeah In we should assassin, say, assassination nation um there's a town salem massachusetts and um yeah. and basically some random hacker is leaking everyone's private text messages and information and photos online for the entire town to see and it basically sparks a witch hunt literally after more and more people's shit gets exposed and then uh, we follow the we follow the week before like when the first exposure happens and it's of the mayor and there's a whole situation with that um like more and more shit comes out about more and more people and it turns this town into chaos so then we see the week a week later the aftermath of this and the way that it specifically impacts the main character whom we're talking about lily and her friend group of um like four or three three other girls and the relationships that are ruined and destroyed and the violence that that um it like occurs when everyone's secrets and the is just fucking there on the internet for anyone to download and see and lily um has a this isn't this isn't a spoiler this is part of the context of the movie lily has is in this like quote-unquote relationship with this guy who's more power than her and uh she like she gets exposed for that he gets exposed for that and that um combined with the fact that there's someone who blames her for the leaks um creates like this whole town is literally trying to kill her like for various reasons heavily armed neighborhood coming after a 17 year old girl for something of which she is the victim of yeah and also that they have no genuine proof of to be true yeah no it's like this movie is so angering in the way but it's also you know i but in that way i mean it could be realistic i feel like in the way Uh well in the way that. Americans in particular uh-huh. are so primed for fascism violence. and violence against like and lack girls. of critical thinking yeah. against young girls uh-huh. in a heavily armed conservative neighborhood uh-huh. that is uh, evangelical. Uh-huh. Yeah, this, because um, conservative Americans, religious Americans love nothing more than cosplaying violence yeah. and any excuse to do it as yeah. uh, shown on TikTok and January 6th of this year. Right. Now, like, it's like, do I ever want to see this happen? No. <laughs> do I hope that if this happens... We would it, survive it? Yeah. it? No. <laughs> One, we would survive it, uh-huh. and two, that, like, people would react differently? Mm-hmm. Yes, of course. Right. But also, like... It's realistic really? for the setting that it creates. It, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. Which is why it's like... Which is why like, it's so terrifying. Yeah, you're like, this is absurd. Yeah. And then you're like, this but is But this absurd. is real! <laughs> We live in an absurd, yeah. fucked up world. Like, people are so screwed. Like, oh my god. We live in a fascist country. Yeah, literally. Like, it's so. And uh, the way that the cops end up collaborating with all the. And the ways that the white supremacist sort of, like, imagery is utilized throughout the movie. And, mm-hmm. like, 
if you were siding with the cops you're on the wrong side (laughs) no literally like it i just think that it was a fairly intelligent fun gripping emotional movie with solid characters and a solid script and and facts and okay yeah we get it we get it you're you're horny for harry nath (laughs) not Um, only that but she just brought a sweetness like her yeah, story, she like, was really like yes, Lily is a victim, uh-huh. and if you're smart, then you know that, and you also root mm-hmm. for Lily's safety and, yeah. and overall happiness. Yeah, but Bex is such a there is such there's a joy. Such a, so, yeah, that yeah. when you see, because every character faces immense amount of violence. This yeah. is not a spoiler that Bex right. faces violence. Like yeah, everyone. It, yeah, everyone sees a gun yeah, at some point. No, like, everyone yeah. sees an insane amount of violence. Right. But when you see that done onto Bex, there's yeah. just it. There's a specific heartstring that is pulled yeah, when you see so her in sad. that position, yeah. because there's really no reason for her to be in that position, uh-huh. and it, she is just so sweet. And and you like all she wants is like love and happiness and joy and to be hot, and she uh-huh. deserves to have those things. Yeah. And I mean, I love every single character, and I mean, I'm not gonna say anything. I just the mom. Nance, the mom. <laughs> oh, wrecked me. Wrecked me to my core. And that's all I'm going to say. Please. Oh my it God. literally, I can I'm like seeing it in my eyelids right now. Like, yeah. I can't even deal with yeah. it. Anyways, it's a good movie. I don't know why anyone would, like, say what you will about how, I, I think it's, it, it gives, like, the motifs and stuff like that very prequel to Euphoria in that yeah. way. Yeah. It's made beautifully. Loved it. Loved all that um it's not necessarily like my taste mm-hmm. but also because my enjoyment was so high i think that like makes yeah. it a solid recommendation yeah, for sure so i i think you should watch it and you should enjoy it yeah. and you should not rate it lower uh, you should not rate it lower than three stars period <laughs> so it should be three stars and above yeah i rated it 3.5 just because i think there could be like more in some spaces uh-huh. or but like that's just for me yeah like like when you when when you're getting to that level Mm-hmm. picking hairs yeah for the third part of the podcast we will be discussing media recommendations that we have for each other so i'm gonna start first by recommending renaissance a book as usual but today i actually have the book physically with me because renaissance is physically with me and that book is an elderly lady is up to no good by helene turston if you can see the video um because you're on patreon then you will know that this is a very small book and it's a collection of like stories stories almost but they're all interlinked and renaissance has adhd and <laughs> i know i know they can't i was rocking with you and then you just threw that in renaissance can't really pay attention to things i get it me That's neither true. so it's like the fact that it's broken up into stories like First, the story is called "An Elderly Lady Has Accommodation Problems." Other story is called "An Elderly Lady An Elderly Lady on Her Travels." The next story is "An Elderly Lady Seeks Peace at Christmas Time." Oh, also the book is "An Elderly Lady Is Up to No Good" by Helen Tristan. You did say that. Oh, I did you say, say that. that okay, 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 okay. Um, and the antique dealer's death. An elderly lady is faced with a difficult dilemma. Like it's like all of all these short stories that are all about and surrounding an elderly lady who is literally up to no good because she's going around killing people, but in like a way that doesn't make her get caught. And it's really, really fun. It's translated from Swedish and it's like, it's just fun. It's just a fun little book about murder and girl bosses. 
and female and girl bosses. Women. Yeah, we love an old woman. So. Because I don't like teenagers. Yeah. Which, because of how much I loved Assassination Nation, to our previous point, should mm-hmm. show how good of a recommendation this was. Because if you can make me like a movie about teenage girls, uh-huh. that is a success. So real. Mm. That's a very good recommendation. Yeah. I think I'm going to recommend 9 to 5, which is a classic movie with... Is it about uh, Dolly Parton? It's not about Dolly Parton, but Uh it has it. Dolly (gasps) Parton, Jane Fonda, Uh and Lily Tomlin. Have you ever seen this movie? No. I treated myself and I watched it over the course of my birthday weekend. Uh Uh-huh. And it's a movie from 1980, and it takes place in this corporation. I think, like, it's called Big Corp Incorporated or something. (laughs) Big Corp Incorporated. Yeah, it's like this generic... Very on the nose. Um, There's the three characters, so there's... Or four, so there's the boss... Uh-huh. who is, like, the antagonist of the movie uh-huh. because he's a man. Yeah, And then there is uh, Dolly Parton, who plays Dorley, who is his secretary. Uh-huh. And the boss starts to, like, starts and maintains a rumor that he is sleeping with the secretary, uh-huh. even though that is not true at all. Yeah. Dolly's character is married and, like, faithful and loyal mm-hmm. in the movie. The other character is played by Lily Tomlin, and she plays basically, like, the position right underneath him Mm -hmm. but and she has been at the company for like 15 20 years Mm -hmm. is actually the one that's making shit run and gets things done Uh but keeps getting passed up for promotion by men who have only been there for like three years yeah and she's like why are you not seeing me yeah and then the third character who's played by communist jane fonda (laughs) well yeah um is she is this recently divorced um like housewife who has not worked for the past 20 years because she's been married and now that she's divorced i know i'm in my itching era uh now that she's divorced uh goes out and gets this job and Mm -hmm. so she has all like this like stuff from the 50s and it's Mm -hmm. like now the 70s and -hmm. she's getting a job and basically the boss is so horrible sexist evil misogynist Mm -hmm. that throughout the movie you see them play out their different fantasies as how they would kill the boss (laughs) in their own imagination yeah yeah and how they actually they end up like in the very beginning they kidnap the boss Uh and then the rest of the movie shows how they forge his signature and like make oh, it look to the ceo that he's still he's, alive yeah uh-huh. but really they make all these changes that they as women change uh-huh. like daycare uh-huh. hiring less men uh-huh. uh, more non-men uh-huh. uh and stuff like that and basically shows like girl boss but in a good way yeah. literally girl boss gatekeep yeah. um gaslight gaslight mm-hmm. like literally that and it's in a fun camp uh, it's it came out in 1980, so it's filmed in the late 70s. Mm-hmm. So the aesthetics are super groovy. Yeah, uh, and it's just and the they have great chemistry, the three of them. Uh-huh. So, and Lily Tomlin is a lesbian. Mm, slay. Okay, slay. So. And Jane Fonda is a communist. Okay, slay. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> literally reading Marx. They're already Russian. Yeah. Are they all blondes? Uh, Jane Fonda and Dolly Parton, are, but Lily mm-hmm. Tomlin is brunette. Mm-hmm. The brunette lesbian and then the blonde. Oh my gosh, and Slay. I forgot they uh-huh. smoke weed and bond. They bond over smoking weed. <laughs> uh, yeah, so are it's, we, are we stoned like, at the Sunny Book Nook? Are we stoned? <laughs> okay. <laughs> so the nails, I got yes, you, I got you. Exactly. No, they go to a bar and then they're like, let's bounce. And then they all share a joint at like one of the <laughs> girls' houses. It's really funny. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that's my recommendation. Sweet. So yeah, I recommended 
An Elderly Lady is Up to No Good by Helene Thurston, and Renaissance Recommended 9 to 5, the yeah. 1980 movie. So that's all we have for you today. We give you our searing hot takes on Solar Power, the latest and third album by Lord. Mm-hmm. Then we shit-talked Hassan What's-His-Face for being ugly and wrong. Mm-hmm. And then we talked about the movie that we watched, Assassination Nation, and how it kind of slays. Mm-hmm. And then we recommended media to each other. So that's, that's the podcast for today. Oh, we should do our gift exchange. Oh yes, but that's gonna be on the Patreon only. So this is for the. So this is all for the podcast listeners. Bye, Bye, podcast listeners.